Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Robert teaches through God's Word. chapter 1 tells us, you know, the Apostle Paul basically states that rejecting God's authority causes ignorance and depravity. And we see that in our cultures around the world. Rejecting the authority of God, rejecting the authority of His Word produces ignorance. We, we, we go backwards. And it's fascinating the way he words it, you know, professing to be wise, they became fools. And we see history repeating itself cultures around the world today are losing sight of biblical truth. They reject God and worship their own man-made truths. In today's message, Pastor Robert reminds us that in the Bible, Paul says rejecting God's authority and rejecting His Word causes ignorance and depravity. The intelligence of the world is foolishness to God. Stand firm in His truths. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor Robert with part three of his message from the book of Hebrews chapter five. psychologist once told me that we now know that spanking children produces violence later in life. I laughed. We now know that, do we? And she said, yes, we do. That's foolishness. That's foolishness. It's just another example of what Romans chapter 1 tells us. You know, the Apostle Paul basically states that rejecting God's authority causes ignorance and depravity. And we see that in our cultures around the world. Rejecting the authority of God, rejecting the authority of His Word produces ignorance. We, we, we go backwards. And it's fascinating the way He words it. You know, professing to be wise, they became fools. And we see history repeating itself. Professing to be wise, they're becoming fools. And we have a generation of psychopaths developing because they're not being disciplined. They're not being taught. See, what, what we see is that when, when godly, biblical, loving, loving discipline is applied, what that produces is a godly fear of rebellion. It produces young men and women who respect authority. Now, you know, we could argue this back and forth, but I think my wife and children would attest to the fact that I'm, I'm not a violent individual. And I was thoroughly spanked as a child. My son, sometimes I worry about him. He's 19 years old, never been in a fist fight. Gentle, peaceful, calm, thoroughly spanked as a little guy. Do you understand? He's not a violent kid. He's not a violent adult. Let me tell you what we do now know. 
we now know that death is not final. We now know that death is not final because Jesus was dead and he got up. He came back. We know that physical death is nothing more than a transition from one realm into another realm. One day you will die unless Jesus comes back for you before then. But when you die, you will not cease to be. In Luke chapter 8, we're, we're given the account of a little girl whom Jesus brought back to life. Luke chapter 8, verse 41 says, Behold, there was a man, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house, for he had an only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she was dying. Now, now think about that with me. Here you've got this guy. He's, he's got a position of importance, a position of power, position of prestige. He's a ruler in the synagogue in Jerusalem. And he comes and falls on his face at the feet of Jesus and begs him, please come to my house. My baby girl is dying. See, when you're 12-year-old baby girl, the only one you got, when your baby girl is dying, it doesn't matter who you are, what you got, right? None of that matters. Only thing that matters is my baby girl is dying and nobody can help her. Will you please come to my house, Jesus? And the Bible says Jesus started out going to the man's house, but he was delayed because as they were going, there was a big crowd of people all around him. And some of you will remember the story. There was this lady, the Bible says she'd been bleeding for more than a decade. And she was desperate. And she reached out just to touch the, the hem of his robe, and she was healed. And Jesus realized it immediately, and he stopped and he said, who touched me? And the disciples thought, you know, that's a ridiculous question. All these people, a whole bunch of people just touched you. And Jesus said, no, some, somebody touched me. In other words, somebody was reaching for me. Anytime somebody is reaching for him, he responds. And so he stopped and they had this conversation and he ministered to this lady. And it says in verse 49, while he was still speaking, someone came from the ruler of the synagogue's house saying to him, your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, do not be afraid, only believe and she will be made well. When he came into the house, he permitted no one to go in except Peter, James, and John, and the father and mother of the girl. Now all wept and mourned for her. But he said, do not weep. She is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him knowing that she was dead. But he put them all outside, took her by the hand, and called, saying, little girl, arise. And verse 55 says, then her spirit returned and she arose immediately and he commanded that she be given something to eat. Think about that with me. Think about it. Her spirit returned. Doesn't say her spirit revived. Doesn't say her, her spirit rematerialized. You see what I'm getting at? No, it just came back. See, it didn't cease to be when she died. It just left. One day your spirit is going to depart from this tent, as the Bible refers to it. This is, this is a loner vehicle, like I've told you before. you got to give this back one day. It's a loner vehicle. You don't get to keep this. I, I'm not wanting to keep mine, especially right now. It can barely breathe, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm eager to give it back and get a better one, a new one. And, that, and the Bible says we will one day. We'll get a new one, a perfect one, a flawless one. I'm hoping for one that has hair, <laughs> longer legs. Yeah. Her spirit returned to her body. From where? 
Well, based upon the story that Jesus tells us in, in Luke chapter 16, the, the beggar named Lazarus, do you, do you remember that story? You know, it says that, that, that this beggar named Lazarus died, and it says he, he was being comforted in Abraham's bosom. You know, I don't know. Randy Alcorn does a great job of, of talking about heaven. You know, we have this idea that, that heaven is this fixed geographical location out there somewhere, you know, and, and it, it never changes. But that's actually not in the Bible. The Bible teaches us that heaven is, well, it's where God is. Where God lives, that's heaven. And the Bible says that one day in the future, he's going to make his home here with us. Isn't that fascinating? Do you ever think about that? I, I, sometimes I think about, you know, Miami Beach on a day like today, this place is breathtaking. And yet it's flawed and imperfect and fallen. What will it be like? What will it be like when he finishes? See, in the book of Revelation, it tells us we're going to get a new heaven and a new earth in which only righteousness dwell. It says that, that God is going to make his home with us. The Bible describes it in the book of Revelation, heaven coming down to earth and God making his home with his children. Peter says all of this will be dissolved. The way I look at it is God is going to uncreate this mess. And he's going to give us new heavens and a new earth. Perfect flawless, with no evil. You know, sometimes people ask the question, why doesn't God do something about all the evil? Well, he did. Acts chapter 17 says he has appointed a day in which he's going to eliminate all of it. It will all be gone. Just be patient. He's being patient. He's waiting in his mercy because if he eliminated all evil today, some of you would be gone like a puff of smoke. That's right, because you're imperfect you are not perfectly good, and therefore you are evil by the standards of a perfectly holy God. But one day, the Bible says, He's, he's going to finish all of this, and He's going he's to finish us. He's going to perfect us. Those of us who are part of the family, He has put His Spirit inside us, and He's working, and He's changing, and He's transforming, and one day He will finish that. And he will eliminate evil, and he will give us this perfect place in which he will live with us. Paradise. His love is the main thing. His love is the main thing. The book of Hebrews contains a unique passage that is many times referred to as the Hall of Faith. This section gives us a synopsis of people who followed their Creator without knowing the end result or with having each step laid out for them. It wasn't easy, and these icons of trust were definitely not without flaw. God used them, though, to accomplish great things in their time and to set in motion pockets of kingdom work that would continue to change lives for countless generations to come. Did you know that you too can be counted in God's Hall of Faith? Today, you can choose to place Jesus first in your life. Even if you don't know where the road is leading, faith isn't easy, but Jesus is the greatest guide. 
We're so glad you tuned in to Main Thing Radio today, and we'd like to tell you how you can listen to more of Pastor Robert's messages. Here's Tracy to share how you can subscribe to our podcast. Life these days moves fast. From one appointment to the next, most of us race through our days with blinding speed. Those in-between moments are great opportunities to connect with God. Subscribe to the Main Thing Radio podcast to enjoy messages like you heard today, anytime, anywhere. Simply log on to MainThingRadio.com and click on the podcast button. Thanks, Tracy. And thank you for listening to today's edition of Main Thing Radio.